This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, welcome back. It's Mariner's Pod. Thanks for being here once again. We have a lot to get into the first couple games of the A's series. We'll look ahead to the rest of this series as well. The four-gamer. Fun conversation coming up, too. We talked to double-A manager Colin Calgill, of course, the former major leaguer, his first year managing. And it's really great. I think you'll really enjoy it. We talk uh, some about his journey, about what he has seen from Julio Rodriguez, what he has seen from the pitchers on his staff. And he has a very unique look, and we'll touch on that. So that will come up at the end of the podcast. First things first, though, the Mariners taken on the A's, and they have won the first two games of the series. It was uh, so as we sit here right now, and things will change, of course, there's some day games. So, depending on when you actually hear this, Boston holding the first spot. They've won six games in a row. They'll play the Mets starting a series. Blue Jays, uh, they hold the second slot a game and a half back of the Red Sox. They will be in Tampa Bay. That should be an interesting series. The Yankees, a half game back of Toronto. They continue their series with the Texas Rangers. The Mariners and A's now tied both three games back. The M's have won three in a row, 82 and 69. Both teams heading into game three tonight. So how did we get here? Mariners got a strong start for from Tyler Anderson, who continues to be excellent for the Mariners. He pitched well. Seven innings of work, just one run allowed. He fanned seven along the way. He was excellent. Things got tight late, but what do you know? Paul Seawald coming up big. Here's the stretch and the right-handers 0-2 pitch, fastball, swing and a miss, strike three. Paul Seawall strikes out Matt Chapman and the Oakland A's leave the tying run stranded at first and second here in the bottom of the eighth inning. What a job by Seawall striking out Olsen, striking out Chapman to end the eighth. Yeah, how about Seawall, the inning and two-thirds save as the Mariners get the win in game one of the series 4-2. to two. Game two of the four-game series last night. It was more Seawald, too, but J.P. Crawford, just a marvelous game on both sides of the ball. Here's the stretch, and again, the 2-2 to Canna. Swing and a line shot on a hop. Snared it short by Crawford. Down on his knees, gets up, fires the first. In time to rob Canna. Holy smokes, and the inning is over. Smooth. What a play at short. J.P. Crawford on a shot off the bat of Mark Canna. And the inning is over. What a play by J.P. So a handfuls, uh, a handful of excellent plays defensively. Also, plenty of offense as well. Three hits, drove in a couple, and smashed a homer. And the pitch swung on and a fly ball. Into right field down the line. Well hit, and this one is a home run. Goodbye baseball. Just fair down the line. Right over the top of the foul pole, J.P. Crawford. With his ninth home run of the season, the Mariners get an insurance run here in the ninth inning. And it's now the Mariners five and the A's two. 
Really a formula win as Marco went six, gave up a couple runs. He was solid. Sadler, of course, didn't give up anything because that's what he does. Uh, Paul Sewald again, faced a sticky situation and pitched well. Runners get their leads. One strikeout for Seawald. He looks in, now has the sign. Here is the stretch. And the one-two pitch to Chapman on the way. Fastball swing and a miss. Strike three. That's going to retire the side. Another incredible job by Paul Seawald. A couple of strikeouts for Seawald here in the bottom of the eighth. And that's it for Oakland. Man, he's been so, so good. Second rider closes the deal. And the Mariners take game two of the series. So the Mariners have won the first two games of the series heading into the last two games. Night baseball again tonight. Day baseball coming up tomorrow as the Mariners look for the series win tonight. They look to break the tie over the Oakland A's and they look to continue to hang around, even though it has not been easy. Seemingly, you look around and Yankees, Red Sox, and Blue Jays just are seemingly winning every single day. So here's how things will look coming up. Chris Flexen will take the ball tonight. He has been outstanding for the Mariners. Cole Irvin on the other side of things. You say we'll go... Day baseball Thursday, 1237 first pitch. It's 640 tonight, by the way. And Chris Bassett is going to go for Oakland. And what a story that is. Bassett, of course, got hit in the face with the line drive. I don't think anyone would have assumed that he'd be back already and on the mound. But that's the case. He's going to pitch against the Mariners, which is pretty amazing. So he's going to take the mound again uh, Thursday. He has been excellent this year. He was in the Cy Young Award race uh, in the American League. He was having that kind of season before he was hit. A ton of innings and really led what has been the key to the Oakland A's this year, their starting rotation. So the Mariners will take him on Thursday. So a big couple of games. We visit again. We'll see uh, what happens as we uh, in these two games as we head into the weekend. Of course, the Mariners take on the Angels for three games, and we'll talk more about that as we get closer. In the meantime, why don't we hear from J.P. Crawford after his marvelous night last night? J.P., just how determined were you to make that play against Canna after coming so close on the pinder play right before? Yeah, I, I was I was still pissed off. I thought I should have made that play on pinder. But um, it's always fun to help get my pitchers out of jams and to keep runs off the board. Um, it's one of the main things. Take pride in my defense every day and try to keep my pitchers out of jams and make that play, I mean – I expect myself to make that play 10 out of 10 times. Um, it's something I work on every day and I take pride in every day. So just have it help, help Marco get out of the gym. JP, on the, the one off of Canna's bat, is that all reaction? Or, I mean, it's just kind of looked like it handcuffed you a little bit. How do you make, you know, what, do you practice that one? I don't know if Perry hits him that hard to handcuff you like that. <laughs> no, I'd be pissed if you hit him that hard at me in practice. Um, but it's just something you – just react to you just try to judge if it's going to be an in-between hop or a long hop and so many thoughts go through your head in such a short amount of time where it's just you just react to the ball I don't know you just don't think about stuff like that you just go out there and make plays like that hey after a kind of a tough series against Boston how have you seen the, the team fight back and, and respond the way you guys have on this road trip I mean four and one clinch a winning season tonight can you just kind of put into words the resolve you guys have shown uh, I thought we've been doing it all year we have, we have a couple of bad games and we bounce right back and uh, that's what I love about this team is no quitting this team everyone fights one through nine everyone doesn't give away a bees and we're in there till the ninth, and um, it's been fun all year. It's been fun competing with these guys all year, and uh, 
still got an important 11, 12 games left, whatever it is. So I'm excited to come down to this final stretch. JP, back in January, we did those Zoom deals, and, and you said it's time to win now. You know, we talked about other people's expectations, but you said, no, it's, it's time to win now. What made you believe that you guys would win now? And, and what have you thought so far? You know, you guys are at 82 wins. I mean, obviously you're not done, but it's a winning season. Um, what have you thought about all this? Uh, we all knew in the clubhouse, we all knew we were going to go out here and, <clears throat> and have a productive season. Um, we all know we could win. We all know we could compete. And, uh, I mean, it's nothing, I don't, I would say, surprising to us. We all know we could do this and the type of team we have. So it's nothing new to us. Um, we all knew we could do this. It's been fun, though. I mean, it's been really fun. Is it kind of fun to exceed expectations and kind of prove people wrong? I mean, like a lot of people had you picked for like 69, 70 wins. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, we love that energy, though. Everyone keeps doubting us and we keep proving people wrong and we're just going to continue to get better. I think this offseason, everyone's going to go go into it a little hungrier, get in the weight room, get out there a little bit more. So I'm excited to see how that goes. But um, like I said, we got to keep our heads down these last 11 games and keep winning. Do you think people are going to stop shifting on you? I mean, you if you look at your spray charts now, the amount of balls you get to the left side of the infield um, hard. I mean, like you get one through today. Do you think people are going to stop shifting here pretty soon? I hope not. It's a free hit, so I hope not. <laughs> I mean, that, that really has changed your hitting profile, that your ability to go to the left side consistently and hit it with pace. I mean, like, you know, and, and, and being willing to do that. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, like I said, I put in a lot of work this offseason trying to get my barrel and my hands in the right spot to where I'm not just rolling over a ball. And I, I really figure out what type of hitter I was last year and this year, too. I mean, I'm not trying to go out there and hit 20. I'm going to take my hits, get on base where my guys hit me in. I think that plays a big factor, too. You did get a homer today, though. You don't have 460 like Bowers in you? What was that? You don't have 460, 460-foot homer like Bowers? You got one today. It was only 390. Oh, no, they all count the same, though. <laughs> and here is Scott Service. Quality starting pitching like that. Uh, you're going to be in a game. He did exactly what we needed to get out, get out of him tonight. Uh, love to see him you know, get through the sixth uh, the way he did. It's probably his toughest, one of his toughest matchups on the card is, is to get through Jan Gomes there, and he got the big pop-up to end the sixth. And then bullpen again, outstanding job. Uh, you know, Sadler gets it done. Seawald, a uh, little traffic out there, but uh, he made pitches uh, against Chapman to get through it. And, uh, you know, getting Steck back in there, uh, maybe not as sharp as we've seen him in the past, but the key is in the ninth didn't get the final out, and, and we got that done. Um, a lot of good things offensively tonight and, and can't say enough. Uh, we saw J.P. Crawford do everything on the field tonight. I mean, a couple outstanding plays, three hits, uh, you know, the big home run late. Uh, Dylan Moore has been outstanding here the last few days, you know, filling in for Siegs the other day over in Kansas City. Big game, uh, get the big hit tonight. Uh, the two out triple to, to knock in a couple runs. Uh, great time of year to step up, and, and he's been really big for us here the last few days. So, um, you know, nice night offensively, enough pitching to get it done and came in here uh, really thinking we needed to win this series. Believed it. We get the first two. We're in a good spot. Uh, unfortunately, didn't pick up a whole lot of ground. We need help uh, and weren't able to get it outside of this ballpark tonight. We can't control that. We did a good job of uh, staying focused and getting the W tonight. And I'll take any questions. Hey, Scott, can we just can you just give JP the gold glove now after what he's done? 
tonight and just recently he's made some absurd plays and all the routine ones. In my mind, it's, uh, there's a lot of really good shortstops in the American league, but not that nobody flashes a leather like JP and, and just the range uh, the athleticism, his ability to finish plays. I mean, the, the play that, that I think it was Pinder hit the ball in the hole tonight that he, you know, you know, lays out, gets up, throws an absolute dart across the infield. It's bang- that ball should never even be close. And uh, he's got that kind of ability defensively, and he's a gold glover if I've ever seen one. There's no question about that. Scott, I know you guys have so much left to play for, but the uh, 82nd win tonight clinches a winning season. Um, can you just kind of put into words of what you've seen so far this year and, and what you're looking forward to seeing of this next 11 games? I'm not sure if I can put it in words, Daniel. It has been an unbelievable season uh, by our guys. And obviously coming out of spring training, expectations very, very low uh, for this club. And we had a lot to prove. And and I talked about it continuously throughout the season. Our whole focus was continue to get better. Doesn't matter, just get better. And we've done that. And we continue to do it. You know, you see guys uh, even, you know, stepping up, getting big, you know, big knocks, making big plays, getting crucial outs. Um, as they continue to work on getting better. It's been a joy to be around. Uh, I've said it from day one as the season has grown on. I absolutely love this team and how we come to work every day and prepare. And our guys compete their asses off every night. And it's, it's, it's a lot, take a lot of pride in being a part of that. Scott, going back to that competitive aspect, two of the two guys that you talked about tonight, Gonzalez and JP, they might be two of your most competitive guys. I mean, like when you have guys like that that are so competitive in every aspect, it has to rub off on everybody, doesn't it? It certainly does. You know, and even the nights when they don't feel 100% physically, um, and certainly JP has played in almost every game this season, um, there's no way you're ever going to take him out of the lineup. He just wants to be that guy. And uh, his will to win, um, same with Marco. Uh, you know, JP's doing it every day. Marco's doing it once every five days, but it does rub off. There's a vibe on the day that Marco pitches. Um, he's on some kind of streak. We would not be in this position if he hadn't figured out a way to turn his season around because um, it, was, it wasn't typical Marco the first half, and we needed it to happen, and, and he's been able to get it done. But yeah, those two guys are, are leading the charge with their competitiveness. There's, there's no question about that. Did you know Marco was going to turn around? I mean, you, you've seen him so good for so long. You, you know, one in five with like a six ERA to start the first half. It, it wasn't pretty, but how did you know? Well, you know, Marco's always been a winner. Um, you know, you, I mentioned, you, know, you go back, this guy won four state championships in high school. He All-American, first-round pick. He pitches in the playoffs, you know, with, with St. Louis rookie year. I mean, he's always won. Um, guys who always win, they figure it out. And certainly he's won without having a 95-mile-an-hour fastball and just a, um, the God's gift to, you know, pitching. He, he does it with moxie, understanding who he is, and being super competitive. So, uh, you know, understanding uh, who he is uh, felt very good about his opportunity or his chances to get it back on track, but you never know. Uh, it was rough. The big thing is, you know, a lot going on. Got to get working through an injury, uh, stuff going on off the field. Dad for the first time, but – it's nice to see him settle in and, and be the Marco that, that we know he can be, and we've needed it. There's no question. Scott, if you overlay the spray charts for JP, the amount of balls hit hard to the left side of the field is, is significant. I mean, is this, are, is this the area he is, and is there still like a little bit of power that we saw too when he goes pull side? No, the, this is who he is. And, um, you know, I, I think that, you know, 
once in a while he is going to run into the homer. We saw it tonight. It was a big one late in the game. Uh, but I think, you know, understanding like being a piece of our offense, I don't think the offense will ever really revolve around JP, but being a piece. And that's what he's been this year from, you know, early in the season, remember, we did not start him off in the leadoff spot. He was last year. We started with Hanny. He just kept getting on base, you know, and, and, and coming up with the big clutch hit or the big at bat, you know, when you really needed him to, and he, he earned it. He earned his chance to go back in the leadoff spot, getting on base above league average, you know, and we see nights like tonight where he shoots the ball over the, all over the field. He's, he's got that kind of ability. So uh, um, he is an unbelievable table setter um, and he, he takes it serious and, Big thing for him, like you said, you know, Ryan, he, he's shifted the field, started going the opposite opposite way, and his swing decisions are still always been very – they've been always been good. He controls the strike zone uh, very consistently. And now our conversation with double-A Arkansas manager Colin Calgill. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been quite a ride, man. Um, you know, everyone that's come in town from coordinators to, to Andy and Tony and everyone – uh, it's just been a, an incredible learning experience. I feel like I've learned more in the past five, six months than I have over 14 years of playing baseball. So uh, I feel like uh, I'm, I'm starting a whole brand new game, you know, from the very beginning. It's just it's very different, but I'm, I'm having a blast. And, uh, I love our kids and our team. So it's, it's just been a great experience so far. Is this something you saw yourself doing? Uh, I, yes and no. Uh, I didn't really know when, you know, plan was going to, was going to come to an end. Uh, you know, I, I was trying to hang on as long as I could, but, um, but Jerry and I go way back and, um, you know, the, the off season of COVID in 2020, uh, we started having these conversations before I signed as a player. And then when COVID ended my season, uh, you know, we had kind of the, the other conversations about life after baseball and, this is kind of the direction it went, and uh, I'm just incredible, incredibly thankful for this opportunity. It's been, uh, you know, uh, kind of a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to be offered this position after, you know, right after playing. So, like I said, it's just been a, a great learning experience, and I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed it. So what have you enjoyed the most about managing? Honestly, uh, just the kids, man, our players. Um, uh, I didn't know what my, you know, quote-unquote style was going to be. Uh, but I really had to do very little uh, as far as, uh, you know, teaching or coaching these kids. They had a, a great feel of uh, how the game should be played and, and our job. I feel like just kind of keep them in, inside those parameters. But in all honesty, this is probably the most fun I've had on a baseball field in, uh, in quite some time. The last couple of years of my playing career were, you know, a little bit more stressful trying to continue to get jobs and continue to you know have success and claw my way back to the big leagues. So, uh, you know, not having the fear of uh, of getting released uh, or getting sent down or optioned, uh, all, all those things. You know, a lot of freedom in this job, and, uh, and I've, had, I've been blessed with uh, an incredible group of guys to be around every day. So uh, I think just just being a part of this team has been my favorite part and, and the learning experience I've, I've, uh, I've had this year. Well, let's talk about your team a little bit. It's been really fun to watch from afar. Let's start with Julio, who – like every other day or every day, we just see the highlights. You know, we see the videos. Can you describe the the run that Julio Rodriguez has had for you? Yeah, he is just uh, he is just the most exciting player I think I might have ever seen uh, in person uh, on a consistent basis. Uh, he, he does everything from beat out infield hits to smashing pull side home runs. Uh, I think since we've had him, he stole 14 bases. Uh, we've been running him out there in center field a bit. Uh, he has an absolute cannon for an arm. He gets great reactions in the outfield. So, and every day he uh, he does something that 
that shocks someone on some level. I think what stood out the most to me so far is his speed. Uh, I, I've seen the raw power. Uh, I mean, I was in camp with him as a player, so uh, I've worked out with him. I've, I've done outfield drills with him, uh, but I, I didn't understand fully how fast he was until I saw him on a daily basis. And this guy is, uh, you want to talk about five tools. He has five elite tools and, uh, and some days are on all five of them are on display. And uh, when we get to see those days, it's just really special. Mm. You know, the other guy, especially lately that we keep seeing every time Matt Brash takes the mound, the, the stuff that we see on video just looks incredible. What is it like from the dugout watching him pitch every six days? Yeah, it's special. Um, and the first time I laid eyes on Matt Brash was the first time we got him. Uh, he made a start for us in Northwest Arkansas and I'd never seen his motion. I'd never seen him come down the mound. And, uh, and the first time I saw him throw a pitch, I said, wow, man, this guy, this guy comes down the mound, like an absolute volcano. Like he is, he's throwing bowling balls with everything with fastballs and changeups and sliders and knuckle curveballs. And, uh, you know, he has the personality and the confidence to back it up. And I, I, uh, I'm, I'm fortunate because I get to, I stand in these guys bullpens all the time and try to provide a little bit of feedback and uh, you know what I see from their pitching and you know their shapes and uh, and all this so you know standing in watching these guys throw bangers at me is a uh, is a real treat uh, just to see it you know live and in person but uh, and he throws bowling balls man and it's uh, it's it's very difficult uh, to hit a slider and to hit his curveball. Uh, the changeup has has gotten better each and every time out, and you know he's got 99 in the tank, so uh, he's got some real weapons. And when they're all when they're all on, man, it's uh it's it's a perfect game like you had you know through seven a couple of days ago, a couple of starts ago. So just to clarify, when you say stand in, you're not talking about standing behind the guys. You're talking about standing at home plate as you were batting. That's what you're talking about, right? Yeah, as if I was going to take a swing. Yes, sir. So. Uh, and then I, I can tell you with, with a lot of confidence, if I take a swing, it's probably going to be a swing and miss. <laughs> so do you do that for every, I mean, Stout, Hancock, you go, go down the list. Do you do that Kirby? You do that for all the guys? I do Tyler, Herb, Steven Moyers, uh, you know, most of our guys, I, uh, I really, really love the pitching side. I love our pitching strategy with Mariner. Uh, and I, I, uh, I feel like it's my duty to get to know it uh, as best as I can and to see the stuff and then to hear our pitching coaches, Pierpont and Alone and, and Ryan McLaughlin all speak to them after their bullpen. I feel like it's just an incredible opportunity to learn uh, and, and to learn from, you know, great pitching coaches for sure. But also talking to guys who are, you know, very, very close to pitching in the big leagues uh, and, and trying to understand how they think and, uh, how I would think facing them and kind of how that matches up. So I feel like uh, we're trying to provide them, the, you know, the most truthful and honest feedback we can. And I think I can, you know, help with some perspective, having stood in the box against some, some guys with some great stuff in my career and, and just try to offer up anything I can that aligns with our, um, our pitching strategy and philosophy and, um, and, and try to help these guys get better every day. So I got to know, you have stood in against George Kirby, who we've seen from afar, his stuff. You got to tell me, what's it like? What's it like facing Kirby? What does that stuff look like? Yeah, it's electric. Uh, I just stood in on him yesterday, and uh, and believe it or not, uh, he's, he's trying to get some more ride on his fastball. Uh, so he's right. So he's got, you know, 
sitting at 95, 96 in this bullpen, uh, and he's and he's about 14, 15 inches of you know a vertical, a vertical movement, and he's shooting for 20. And uh, I tell these guys all the time, it's like facing a, a big league closer for nine innings. Uh, as long as they execute their pitches, there's there's not a whole lot uh, that's going to get in their way. It does seem ridiculous. This collection of arms all at the same place at the same time. It's pretty amazing to look at. It's incredible. Uh, we had a, a small taste of it when Hancock and Stout were both healthy and uh, and pitching at the front and the back end of, of our rotation. But uh, I'd imagine Lewis Boyd can probably speak to it a little bit better, having them run out all six or all five uh, in a row every day for for half a year. Uh, and then we got when we got them, you could just you know you could just tell uh, you know, how much different these guys were than everyone else uh, in the league. The, the stuff is just. It's just elite, and there's no really other way to, to put it. It's just they're 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 at a higher level than the guys that we see day in and day out uh, in this league, and um, you know the numbers that they they put up and we up against the you know some of the top guys in the big leagues. It's they're very similar. Uh, so it's just a one. It's extremely unique, but well, I mean, what a what a great uh, asset we have here in Seattle to have some of the best young arms in the game. And, and in all honesty, there's a, a significant amount of separation between our guys at the top and, and some of the guys that, uh, you know, fall underneath. Well, I know you guys are in the thick of it as we're heading down the stretch here. What, what does it look like the next uh, couple of weeks? Are you try and close this out. Yeah, it's uh, we're neck and neck. We're I think we're a half game up uh, to make the playoffs right now. Uh, and as they would have it, we've got Brash, Williamson and Kirby going Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So. Uh, I mean, we got a good shot. You know, if you can ever have a good shot at winning some ball games, uh, I think the next three days are it. So um, if those guys go out and do what they can do and, and our lineup, you know, can scratch across a couple of runs, I think uh, we have a real shot of making the playoffs. And uh, we're facing this team in Wichita right now that we would end up playing, I think, for the playoffs, who has uh, a great collection of arms who have been together all year, too. So this this uh, our, our matchups are, are really, really competitive. Um, they pitch well, we pitch well. So like I said, we got the, those three guys going Friday or Thursday, Friday, Saturday, um, you know, I kind of, our fate kind of rests in their hands. So I think we're, you know, pretty good hands to have it rest in. I would say so. How do you at that level, how do you strike the balance of, and the organization talks about winning is important for uh, teams in the minor leagues and going to the postseason, having that experience, but also you're developing players at the same time. How do you strike that balance as a manager? Yeah, so I mean it's definitely challenging, but I think too our our especially our pitchers understand that uh, it's not about having success in Double A. Um, it's about having success in the big league. So if we ask, you know, a Devin Sweet to throw his change up sixty percent of the time as a starter, um, and then we move him to the bullpen. You know, it's because we want Evan Sweet to be able to go to the big leagues and throw that change up with full conviction as often as he can in the strike zone as much as he can. So there's definitely a, a balance there. Um, and when you got to have it treated a little bit delicately, uh, knowing that you might have to suffer through a, a, a rough inning or a rough game um, at the expense of getting our guys better. Uh, and thankfully, most of our guys are so good that uh, – they don't have too many of those rough innings or long innings. So it makes it a little bit, it makes it a little bit easier when you ask Matt, Matt Brash to throw a few more sliders and, and, you know, he throws wipeout sliders. So uh, it's pretty easy on that end, but there is a, there is a balance there for sure. And the ultimate goal is to prepare these guys to have success in the big leagues. And 
our pitching coaches and our pitching staff here have done a fantastic job, I think, in my opinion, of doing that. How differently do you watch a game now as a manager as opposed to when you were a player? It's crazy. It's so different. I was watching uh, I was watching our game, uh, the Mariners-Red Sox game the other night, and uh, I can't remember the situation. I think it was late in the game, but it's first and third, and I'm, I'm pausing the TV to see where – we see where Skip's playing the defense. So, like, if I have that situation tonight, I, I you know, I'm going to do the same thing or or, or I'm going to shoot him with text and ask him why. Or, um, so I'm definitely watching a difference. And I, like, I'm not watching for who's getting the big hit or who's throwing the the best pitch. I'm, I'm, I'm watching where the defense is placed and what the runners on first and third are doing, uh, whether they're going on contact or not. So I can – you know, like I said, I'm trying to learn as much as I can so I can have full conviction when I have to make those decisions, too. And, and you know, Scott does a really good job of of all of those things. And so does Manny is, you know, positioning the infield. So uh, I like I, I, that's the way I'm viewing games now. It's not for the, the winner loss. It's for the strategy part. Uh, so I can, you know, when those big spots come up in a big game, I, you know, it just it, it rolls. I don't have to think about it too much.